Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And thanks to the help you get from AOC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, we will help you keep it running. Now, if you do have to take your vehicle into your favorite dealer or your favorite shop, uh, Dan's going to give, like he has for about 25 years here on CC, he'll give you some idea what may be uh, ailing with your car, truck, or van. Morning, Dan. Good morning. Did you guys have a good week at uh, Lloyd's? It was a busy, busy week. I bet busy, it was. Yeah, busy and snow-covered and, and uh, you know, that in, in our business, you add snow to the day and all it does is complicate everything. You have oh, to brush strange. all the cars off before you bring them in to work on I them. Bet, yeah. And you have to brush them off before the customer picks them up. And then... In the morning and in the evening, you have to move all the cars and plow the snow. So it makes for a long day. I bet it does. And I'm getting tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are, yeah. except maybe the ski resorts and right. things like that. But if you have a question for Dan, by all means, call it in or text it in. We're already getting both. 651-989-9226 uh, or send down a text 81807. Uh, speaking of snow, you know, and, and again, we've had some ice issues as well, slippery, greasy spots as yeah. well. And people, what happens if you, depending on your vehicle, I suppose, get stuck in a snowbank, I mean, or some kind of a snow issue? What What's the best procedure for getting out outside of a tow truck? <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's a good question because uh, what you don't want to do is spin the wheels, rock the wheel, you know, rock the transmission back and forth. Uh, you need to treat the vehicle a bit gent- gently and a bit gingerly because uh, you can break things. You know, if you're if you're switching it from drive to reverse quickly without letting the wheel stop in between, uh, things in the transmission can break. If you're holding the gas pedal wide open throttle with the wheels just spinning, things get going so fast in the transmission and in the differential, they'll just explode. I mean, really? They, they'll just wow. come apart. And so... I don't do that. So the right answer is if you get stung up, if you get stuck, if you get hung up in a one of these snow piles that the yeah. plows make while you're parked, the, what you really need to do is shovel your way out of it. You need, okay, to, you need to make room for your vehicle to get out. Now, of course, if you have a four-wheel drive vehicle, you need to do less shoveling. Uh, if you have a little... If you have a rear-wheel drive car, forget it. <laughs> Isn't that true? It's impossible. But if you and if you have a front-wheel drive, you know, a low-riding front-wheel drive car, you simply have to do some shoveling and and uh, make room, make a path for the vehicle to get out of that mess and out onto the dry pavement. I can't remember the material. I remember years ago people using to uh, like a, a section of uh, carpet uh, to jam underneath. Well, you know, Traction is only a piece of it because uh, if you're going over a big mound of snow, yeah. the bigger issue is that the car gets hung up on underneath. Top of, there, yeah, it gets yeah. on top of the snow. So shoveling under the wheels and around the wheels is only going to make it worse. Then there's the wheels have nothing to grab on. You're even lower, right? You're even lower. <laughs> so uh, you know the, the the right idea is to is to plan ahead. Don't yeah. you know? Don't 
get yourself hung up on top of one of those mounds. Because if you do, then you might be facing uh, a tow truck or at least getting the whole neighborhood out there helping uh, to give you a push to get you off of it. I want to go to the phones, but uh, you you recommend if if it's in people's budgets, uh, snow tires definitely help you. Oh, snow tires for sure help, Yeah. yeah. Not only with this type of deal if you get stuck, but more so as you're driving along the road around yeah. curves and that so they they just hold the pavement it it's a much safer uh way to drive yeah. if you have snow tires on your car back to the phones we go jim i believe is calling from new germany jim uh jim go ahead uh, dennis i can't get jim on the uh the horn there can you do that yeah yeah i can't do it there there he is hi jim oh. gentlemen yes how can we help I, you my grandson has an 04 Ranger, 200,000 plus miles on it, and it seems that in this cold snap we've had, it starts fine, runs a few minutes, and stops. And go out and start it again, it runs the same, it, it's the same issue until it warms up. Would that be something with the low idle? Or where would I start looking on that? Well, you know the, uh, <laughs> we've done a bunch of that, a bunch of this. Uh, these past month or so, and so this is one thing that I'll recommend. You know, one one of the things that that the is control that or that controls the idle is the throttle plate, uh, right at the right where the air goes into the intake manifold, going into the engine, and over time, and like over two hundred thousand miles, that throttle plate gets all corroded with with uh, crust and carbon, and uh, the amount of air that's going past that throttle plate when it's in the idle position is calibrated. And if you plug that calibration up with a whole bunch of gunk and, and, and grime and carbon, uh, there's not enough air getting in there. And the lack of air causes a low idle. And, of course, a low idle will cause, will cause it to stall. Once it warms up, it needs less air. So anyway, my advice would be go to a parts store and get a... a uh, can of carburetor cleaner uh, and then get an old toothbrush and <laughs> go out there and a rag and go out there and, uh, you know, clean that throttle plate off real good, scrub it off, cr- scrub that carbon off with a little bit of, of uh, um, carb spray and with the uh, toothbrush and then wipe it all clean and dry. And uh, I think you might be amazed at the, how much the quality mm. of your idle improves. Wow, just so, with doing that? Yeah, see if that takes care of it. If not, then, you know, if it's not idling properly, then it's, uh, you know, beyond that, there's uh, something mechanically that's not working right, and you'll have to take it in and get some help. But uh, but try this first. It's cheap and easy, and most of all, it's good maintenance. It needs to be yeah. done. It needs to be done anyway, so all you're right. certainly not wasting any time or money doing it. Good luck, Jim. With that, thanks for the call. Uh, Chip, I believe, is calling in from uh, White Bear Lake. Chip, you're on CCO with Dan. Yeah, good morning. Um, I have a 2013 Mazda 5 with a five or six-speed manual transmission. We took it on a trip this weekend, and at some point one morning when I tried to shift it into reverse, it shifted differently. So I pushed it down, only it didn't really need to go down, which it usually does, and pushed over to the left. And now when I shift it, it's hard to find second gear. It's almost like a guide that the shifter uses flipped or something. The It runs okay. It, it can shift once you figure out that it's sort of the new 
locations. It doesn't um, grind. It's got about 56,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just trying to figure out what happened to it. We can see it. Drive it. Is there something wrong with it? Um, did it get frozen? It's in a garage right now. I don't know if it'll thaw out, if that's something to do with it. We drove it home um, you know, several hundred miles, and it certainly drives okay. Um, all the gears work. Um, doesn't grind. Yeah. And the clutch seems fine, so it's not slipping. Yeah. But it's something changed. I'm just curious if you have any idea of what that might be and um, if it's something we need to worry about, if it's something we need to fix, or what's involved. Well, I think that's, uh, I think you're on the right track if you have it in a warm spot right now where uh, things are thawing out. That certainly can change things. Uh, we've seen, well, of course, I've been working on cars that they're absolutely packed with snow, and I put them in my service bay and raise them up, and, of course, then they start to drip. <laughs> and and I'm uh, under, it's like Chinese water torture. You're trying to work on the car, look up at the car, and the water's dripping in your eyes. But at any rate, there's snow packed in every crevice of every car on the road right now if, it, if it's not parked in a warm spot or, or uh, you've you know, driven through deep snow. And so I think that's the first thing I would do is warm it up, see if it makes a difference. And it might not, but uh, if it does, great. If not, then I think uh, certainly what you're looking at is something in the shift linkage. And there's bushings that uh, all of that moving stuff are um, installed into bushings. And there's guides, like you said, that, uh, that guide that shift thing where it needs to go. And oftentimes they're plastic or rubber and uh, that stuff over time deteriorates and in cold weather can can break. And uh, if one of those little bushings or guides breaks, then you're going to have a funny shift pattern. You're not hurting anything if it's if it's getting into gear and you seem to have figured out how to get it into gear. But if it's getting into gear, uh, it's just fine. You can drive it the way it is. You just have to know the pattern of, of how to get it there. Um, but, it, you know, you'll have to get it in. If if, uh, I, if thawing it out doesn't help, you'll have to get it in and, and see what's broken in there and somebody, yeah. will, somebody will be able to find it for All you. Right. We need to take a quick break, Dan, but we have more show to come. Keep in mind, Dan will be here till about 745, till Jack Farrell time. So if you have a car care question, call it in or text it in here on this Saturday morning on CCO. Good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to our car care show. Danny Long here with Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located exactly where on that beautiful Grand Avenue? We are at 9, the snow-covered Grand <laughs> Avenue to the, this week. Uh, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right halfway between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give Big Nick a call this morning. Big Nick's there. Yeah, 651-228-1316. I love that avenue. You know, I was just thinking how not only do you have great stores and coffee shops and things like that, but it's still residential. It's not... Nothing against malls, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a nice it's, blend. It's user-friendly. It? Yeah, yeah, really. It really is. And, and uh, you know, people that live right near Grand Avenue love it. I mean, they're, I bet they you do. can uh, walk to wherever it is you want to go and walk and do what you want to do, and uh, and it's fun. All right. So. The, I wasn't. I don't work for the Chamber of Commerce. I just <laughs> think that's a neat avenue. It's just true, yeah. It is true. It's the truth. All right, let's get some text messages, Dan, before we run out of time. Uh, using Texas says 5W20 full synthetic. Is there such an animal as high mileage oil for that synthetic? 
That is high mileage oil. Yeah, synthetic yeah. is a high mileage oil. In fact, when we do an oil change uh, at Lloyd's, if we use a, a conventional, which is a kind of a gray description anymore, yeah. but if we use a conventional oil, the less expensive oil, uh, we mark your oil sticker for 3,000 miles for you to come back in 3,000 miles and have it changed again. If we use a synthetic oil, we mark it for 5,000 miles. Um, so um, if you do have your oil changed by a shop, by a professional, and you like doing that, then and you don't like coming as often, then, uh, then use a synthetic. Yeah. Every car, practically every car can use a synthetic Motor oil, use a th- synthetic motor oil. You don't have to come in quite as often, and especially if you drive high, you know, high miles, and and don't need to come in for any other reason for us to check your car, then uh, then the synthetic is a good option for you. And I think the the cost is the same. You know, per, uh, it's Over the time. same per mile. Yeah, yeah. I the think cost right. per mile is the same. So uh, there's no reason not to use synthetic. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see. Uh, hi, Danny. My one-year-old car window didn't go up on one of those very cold days. I drove to my mechanic, and it went up once warmed up. Should I not? <laughs> I'm some Mary from Minnetonka. Should I not use it until it warms up like July? <laughs> That's, I bet you've seen a, a yeah. bit of that, haven't you? Know, you? There, there, what we see more of is where the window is froze in the up position, and uh, you go and hit it to put it down. And the transmission or the bushings or the brackets inside break, ooh, or the or the channel comes off the glass itself, and so uh, once the window thaws out, that it actually falls down, falls into right the, down, falls down oh, into wow. the door, and and uh, then we have to put it all back together. So that's one thing that I would warn everybody about is in the morning before you start your vehicle, before you warm it up, don't try and put the windows down because. Uh, they are frozen in place, and they will not go down, and you <clears throat> run a good chance of breaking something. Not good. So patience and yep. warm it up. Be patient. Right. We need to take our bottom of the hour break. We'll be back with more. And welcome back to our Car Care Show here on uh, CCO. Dan is going to be with us for uh, about another uh, 10 minutes or not 10 minutes, maybe five minutes or so. Dan, we have some textures. Let's not forget uh, those uh, good folks. Uh, let's see. Intake manifold gasket leaking on a 2003 Chevy Suburban. Okay to drive for a while, or should I get it fixed ASAP? Well, it depends what it's leaking. If it's leaking air or if it's leaking coolant, if it's leaking externally or internally. Uh, I guess the one thing reason you should not drive it is if it's leaking coolant internally, and if coolant is leaking into the oil, uh, that's breaking down the oil, and it's going to wreck the oil, which will ultimately wreck the engine. So... But if it's a, if it's an air leak, uh, you know, causing rough a misfire, a rough idle, or something like that, in the short term, it's fine to drive. But same thing, uh, if you keep driving it like that, uh, you know, problems with other things can occur. So, I guess my answer is uh, short term, it's probably fine. Long term, no, you should get it fixed. On my 96 Celica GT, gas cap is nearly impossible to twist off when refueling. I use a vice grip. A wrench to remove it. Could this be caused by some defective? Well, the, the text doesn't. It ends there. So yeah. it no, yes. Go get a new gas cap. They're inexpensive. Okay. Uh, they're an important and integral part of the evaporative system. So their gas cap is, you know, a very important part of the car. Uh, it can cause your check engine light to come on. So uh, go get a probably an original equipment uh, 
a gas can. Yeah, for it's probably it smart to best. do that. Yeah. 2015 Subaru Forester frost on inside a windshield first thing in the morning and, and end of day does not appear when protective cover is placed over the windshield. Well, <laughs> this time of year, uh, everybody's been getting in their car with snow on their boots and the carpet is soaking wet. And so the so moisture is coming I just there, think right? there's probably so much moisture in the car that, uh, that that's the way it is. One thing that you could try doing is shop back in the car, you know, getting the moisture out of the car as best you can. But uh, but I think that's just kind of a byproduct of all the wet that's in the car. Uh, continuing with some of the, the texts we missed last week, Vicki from Duluth said, I have a 2018 Subaru Forester. I've been disappointed in the heater. It doesn't seem to heat as hot as I'm used to. I kind of looked on the Internet. It seems like other people have the same issue. Issue. Should I bring it back to the dealer for any adjustments? Did you tell What year did you say it was? Uh, it is a, uh, does she say, 2018. Oh, it's brand new. Yeah, I'm afraid that if if you're finding on the Internet that you, that there's other people complaining about the same thing, that the, the heat quality is not good, I'm afraid that it's a design flaw. Yes, you should... Uh, check with the dealership and see if there's any adjustments that are able to be made. And uh, sometimes if they say, no, there's, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, give it, give it a little time and maybe next winter try again, because quite often the manufacturer will come up with repairs ah. and uh, service bulletins. They send them out to, to the dealership and to us, to everybody that uh, of of ideas that somebody has come up with that has worked that will solve a problem like that. So they might not have a, a solution to it yet, but uh, somewhere down the road they, they might figure out a solution if there's enough complaints about it. Okay. Another one from last week, 2017 Hyundai Sonata hybrid. Uh, blind spot detection canceled warning. Where would the sensors be? Just need to clean off or make sure no ice on them? Well, they, no, they don't need to be cleaned off. The sensors are actually... I don't. I'm not sure if they're magnetic or sonar or what the hell they, exactly they uh, they operate. Uh, they're not. They're not magnetic. But anyway, they have they have some sort of way of device of de- sensing through things. In fact, so uh, it's not dirt. I I imagine if there's enough snow built up on the sensors, uh, that could do it. But you know, the most common. I mean, first of all. Nowadays, sensors are everywhere. They're in your mirrors. They're in your bumpers. They're in—I mean—they're all over the car. They are, and 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 there's going to be more of that. So we're going to have to get used to this. Um, but uh, but most commonly, they're in the bumper, and and usually that's where the trouble is if you're having trouble with them. Okay. Another one uh, text: uh, 2000 Silverado. Occasionally, the battery goes totally dead. Nothing is left on. Can the reason for this be found even when it's not happening? No, it's, it's intermittent. <laughs> That's things. a challenge, and you're say, you say nothing's being left on, which you think is true. But the fact of the matter is, something is being left on that you're not aware of. Yeah, something that's not supposed to stay on, and sometimes we'll find it. It's it's in a computer or a module that's supposed to be shutting down that's not shutting down, or uh, you know the the alarm system or something is supposed to go into a sleep mode and it's not at times. And uh, the only thing you can do, unfortunately, is bring it into a shop and let them spend the time with it, trying to get it to act up. And, you know, we have sometimes have cars set up with all of our test equipment sitting on them for a couple of days. But, uh, you know, if it only happens every month or two, that's really hard to, <laughs> to, that's to really nail hard down. To, maybe the best answer is 
go get a jump pack and have it in your car so you have a backup when you need it. That's kind of frustrating. Yeah, that is frustrating. Another text says, 2014 Ford Escape. Uh, when I put a car in reverse, a display shows, quote, parking aid on off uh, is highlighted. Is there a problem or is it normal? I don't remember seeing that before. Well, I I, I think it's it's telling you if if the parking aid is on or off and and oftentimes, you know, the parking aid is, is an accessory that you can turn on or off. So there's probably a button somewhere that p- perhaps got pushed mm. uh, inadvertently. And uh, if you find that button on the dash somewhere and, and switch it, maybe you'll go back to the way things were before. Let's see. I think this is one more. Do we have time? I think we, we might grab a couple more. 2013 Chevy Equinox. Where is the blower motor? Doesn't seem to be working. Uh, you got to remember some of these, yeah, uh, these well, automatic. I'll, I'll the, tell the, you. the control panel for the heater shows no lights because I cannot get down the volume of the radio or even turn off the radio. Would you think it could be a fuse to the controller panel for the blower motor system setup or a resistor or some control module sensor? You know, if it's the radio and the blower motor, if it's the radio and the the climate control. Uh, assembly that are both not working, it's more likely a module. I, I would imagine the body control module okay. controls both of those, and I'll bet the problem is in that body control module, which means you'll have to bring that in and get some help. Get some pro help. Yeah, we'll have to hook up scan tool equipment to those modules and see what's going on. Uh, let's try to get Rich in Lakeville's uh, a question answered. Hi, Rich. Thanks for waiting. Good morning, Dan Denny. Uh, I've got a 2004 Honda Civic EX. The cruise control, I use it quite often when I'm going down the road. I put it on, and you go maybe 10, 20 miles, and then, boom, it just automatically it just kicks off. And I'll try resetting it, and it'll work again, and then it'll kick off. And then it just does this intermittently. And I was just wondering if you had any ideas on that. Well, one idea that I have, and you could you could check this out, is... Um, as you're driving down the road, if you touch the brake pedal, the uh, brake lights, of course, will flash and it'll disengage the cruise control. And that's one of the things if that if that uh, brake light switch is not working quite right and if you hit a bump or something and the brake light switch flashes quickly, it'll turn off the cruise control. Uh, something like that is a possibility, but there's, you know, of course, with the cruise control, there's a whole bunch of things that are safety devices that are part of it. Uh, one thing that you could bring do is bring it in and, and have it, uh, you know, have the cruise control uh, scanned. Of course, it's a computer like everything else on your car, and, and it'll store information. Uh, but uh, but that's one thing that you could check, and, and, you know, one thing you could do is, is perhaps even disconnect the brake light switch and take it for a drive and see if that takes care of it. Uh, if not, then uh, you'll have to take it in and get some help with that. Dan, we have to take our leave, make way for Jack Farrell. What, uh, how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give us a call this morning at 651-228-1316. One six. Excellent. We'll have another show next week, right? Sounds good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Dan Burns. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.